Uncomfortable Queens production presents Black in the Field. Where there is comfort, there is growth. For centuries, Black women have stretched to the benefit of everyone but themselves. Join us as we dissect the Black experience in the workplace and the world. Crown Jewel. True friendship is woven with trust, respect, and transparency. Kita. How it's March. We are. <laughs> it is March. I don't know what that first sound was, but it is March and the year is marching along, ain't it? <laughs> yes, it's marching along. So I am officially out of the snow, I think, at this time. Mm. So that's, that looks a little promising here in um, the DMV area because I have not seen snow about a week. So I am hoping spring comes early. Um, the sun is out. I didn't know how the sun looked forever. Thank you for coming back. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I didn't know where yeah. you Didn't know where you was at. And today, I mean, today is a good day. I felt energized. I did not need a caffeine IV. I woke up with mm. a little pep in my step. Uh, got a little pep fresh in air. Step, pep in the step. Pep in the step. Got a little fresh air today. So I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. How about you, sis? You know, I'm holding on. Um, <clears throat> I, you know, I'm happy to see the sun as well. But people got on shorts and stuff, you know, because it's like. Yeah, it's been like 65 to 70 degrees since last Thursday. Um, but I mean, it was 20 degrees up until last Thursday, 30 degrees. And now it's it's just, this weather's crazy. But yes, like you said, the sun is out. And hopefully it's an indication that the thick of winter is behind us. Yes, I'm ready to see someone on the grill, I probably will this weekend because you know is it when it hit fifty, we out oh. there, we grilling. It just got to be fifty oh. degrees. Yeah, fifty <laughs> degrees out there grilling, sweating. You know how that be. You know how Unc be on the grill. You know how Unc be. You know how Unc be on the grill. Man, mm. well, since the world is just pretty much. Hell on earth, y'all. Not hell we, on earth. We, <laughs> we really don't have a, a nutty and a squirrel shit this week other than Texas. What y'all doing? Beyonce. Beyonce. Beehive. Beehive. Call the beehive. Get your people. Get mm -hmm. call mm -hmm. call the governor now. Erica Badu. What they doing? <laughs> <laughs> Erica. What are they doing, Erica? Help me. Y'all just gonna go out here raw? No protection, just raw. And I heard Mississippi joined joined the fun too. So oh, that's it. Mississippi. Wow. Yeah. Um, Erica, go and get find your herbs and conjure up something for us. Cause I know you got it at Bad Duism. Yeah, but we are done, Texas. <laughs> that's all you can say on that one. And uh Cuomo. Mm -hmm. I definitely have to. You really, 
New York in the house and BK in the house and Cuomo, you just need to go on and bow out gracefully because they they taking you down. They taking you down every day. There's something new on you. Oh, is it time for you to go go? Cause <laughs> time for him to go. Uh, <laughs> and, and and I mean, I haven't gotten a chance to tune in to Chris, but has Chris talked about his brother any, or is he or is he out here quiet on his brother? And I. <laughs> I'm gonna be quiet. I ain't gonna say no, no. You—that's actually a, a great point because I—I wonder in the perspective of being a journalist, like, can he even really say something at this point? Is that right. a conflict for him? Mm-hmm. Anybody in the listening audience who listens to Chris Como, you know, he has a a show in the evening on CNN. Please let us know if he's been talking about this because that is a great question. Like, mm. and um, is this is this Donald's revenge? Because it's smelling real timely and real planned. And I'm just going to say, you know, mm. I, like I mentioned before, I think that they're saying that son, his bond, he's doing a lot in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has a Senate seat coming available. And so I'm wondering if this is some residuals of, I mean, because if you did it during your administration, why would you not afterwards? That's, a, that's excellent to say, because that is, sounds about right. Sounds about right, because... Like I said last episode, the tame toddler will strike and he strikes again. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised because he was not a fan of Cuomo. We know that at all. All right now. And on that, I think we can let y'all stew on that. And uh so come on. So let's 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 this is exciting. So okay, so it, we didn't move through nutty in a scholarship, people, but that is because. We are introducing the first of our well, the first yeah, the first episode recap of Queen Sugar. We mentioned um, in our last episode that we would start episode recaps, and we're going to be doing that. Uh, alert, alert, alert! That we have one more episode in season one after this one. However, we will continue to come to you with Queen Sugar episode recaps to stay engaged because we love you all and this is such a great show. So we wanted to be able to dedicate uh, some attention to this season. So, Kita, will we tell them? Let's tell them what we're doing with Queen Sugar and kick them off. Yes. Okay. So we, you know. We are fans of Queen Sugar, as you guys can tell. And we thought, you know, we came together and was like, that's a great idea to really deep dive into the beautiful work of Ava DuVernay. Um, I mean, Queen Sugar, if anyone has seen it, it's so many layers and elements. And she just, the portrayal of the Black family in all aspects is there. So it's just a great show. You can just get great insight. And I watch and I just feel very familiar with the characters. I just, I love the way they have evolved and, and our building and you see different sides and you see they're so human in so many ways and I think that's why it's such a great relatable show so we are excited doing a recap on episode one yep yep and the historical perspective yes with agriculture again if you don't watch Queen Sugar tells the story of a black family in the greater New Orleans area a fictional town called St. Joe's Parish Jean Louisiana doesn't have does Louisiana have counties or is the parish considered the county? The parish is considered the county. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Louisiana has parishes instead of counties. And this family has had this land in their possession for like 
five, six, gen- something like that, generation. Yeah, generation yeah. And it's about the fight that a lot of us don't really recognize that Black farmers have had to endure um, throughout the years to hold, to maintain their land from terrorist attacks to issues with the Department of Agriculture and not giving Black farmers funding. Um, having horrible, bad harvest season. So, I mean, this show, I've, I have to say, I have learned so much, yeah. right, about agriculture and just about that particular culture. And the, I'm sorry, the, the family's name is the Borderlands. Borderlands, yeah. And they, they own a sugarcane farm. Yeah. So that is the crop that they harvest. And again, sugarcane typically thrives in warm humid climate so think the caribbean of course louisiana etc etc so that's a little premise about the show so let's get into episode one and this is episode one season one and two we're going to do a slight recap of one and two we're going to combine them because there have been two episodes thus far um we'll do episode three on the season finale episode and then it will just strictly be recapped after this so this is episode one and two so key to start us off how how were you feeling about episode one what, what went on well episode one i'll start off with definitely giving ava a shout out i love the titling is just straight to the point like late february 2020 so the fact that she's keeping it very simple you know you want to get into these intense subject matters so as far as like you know it starts off with these are two main characters darla darla is the mother of ralph angel who's the brother in the family um so they have a relationship and basically like the premise of you know they've been through their struggles and things of that nature but you come you see them come together as a family unit so that's kind of how the scene open up like darling mm-hmm. as as a family unit with their son blue um so that that was nice to see um that relationship but what really struck a chord and i think the biggest um shaker uh, especially starting off in the beginning was to see the sentencing of <laughs> Francis, um, that's her first name, and she was part of the situation um, during the season where basically they were, once again, as we spoke to the farmers, um, they were trying to take the farmer's land, and she had this whole you know, thing conjured up, um, basically trying to undermine black farmers that she is a white woman um, and it was a courtroom scene where she actually got convicted for her crimes and that was symbolic in itself um, just to see mm-hmm. that because as far mm-hmm. as the justice system is concerned you know that you know it tends not to sway in in our direction and we're all honest about that I think Ava wanted to make a very symbolic point there right that you do that the justice system works but not necessarily works just showing like how this black family had a you know influence and they were mm-hmm. able to really fight the system that we continue to fight and then also the twist on that charlie who is now into politics who is a politician um for her to actually show a politician fighting for the little people quote unquote so i found that very interesting that kind of boomed the scene open for me yeah that was good i mean to see her up there in that jumpsuit it was it was joyful for me <laughs> <The jumpsuit>. um, <laughs> um you know charlie pulled up in her g-wagon the only mistakes i would ever push um <laughs> and she gave us these shades um it also opened with i, I what i noticed and i and i and i love that you pointed that out this um 
is her receiving some sort of justice because we know we typically don't get any justice at all so for her to get seven years yes and to also and uh guys if you haven't watched this before the woman who was convicted is also a woman of means she's a landry and this is like the family that has run this town this county for generations so it's not just that she took down that she got they got justice but also who to against whom that got justice yeah is it was like a big deal you're so right about that sis but i'm so glad you're so scholarly because in my in my because look in my scholarliness i was paying attention to this opening the opening scene with nova in the ritual okay and see okay y'all so we've actually talked about all three kids so the family is comprised of two daughters and a brother they're, they all have the same father, okay? Charlie does not have the same mother as Nova, the other daughter, and Ralph Angel. However, their father passed away, um, and that's what bought Charlie, who was living on the West Coast, home. And so the, the, this focuses on the three siblings, their love interest, and then their aunt, who was their father's sister. Yeah. So Ralph Angel, who, who Keita was talking about, and then Charlie, the other daughter. Yes. And one right. daughter. And then Nova is the other daughter. Yes. And Nova is complicated. And I, I said Nova, <laughs> the opening scene with Nova has locks. And she, the, in the open, her opening scene, she is cutting her locks off as like a sacrifice and kind of just out with the old, in with the new, or kind of rebirth um spiritual practice. Nova's very spiritually connected, but for all of her spirituality, she is clueless about <laughs> a lot of things. All right. Are we gonna start? I literally wrote open and saying Nova, are we gonna start with her nonsense or not? I, I that's what I, I said. Is it gonna be some nonsense? And it was not nonsense in that scene. However, it ensued. So I thought that was interesting because I love how Ava DuVernay weaves the spiritual aspect in the spiritual realm. And as we know, Many of our brothers and sisters who do live in the bayou are, are connected to, to African spirituality in a way, right? That a lot of us maybe are not. And there's a certain comfort level with that spirituality. Not saying everybody, but you know. Yeah, of course, um, of course. And so I love that, that the, the authenticity of this show is just amazing. And I said, I love, I love Ralph Angel's outward expression of love to Darla I love that he has come like you said so full circle and as a man right you see the growth you're really seeing the growth in his character I feel like episode one and two and that was cool so what else about um episode one sis um I'm just going to give a quick honorable mention to Nova's mohawk is super fly I loved it when she did it (laughs) so quick little shout out there so well something else that you know stood out moving forward um focused around the land and sugarcane as we were mentioning um so ralph angel just to give you a little more insight to him he is the baby and at times he presents like the baby so he's very Mm -hmm. much that emotional guy you know when something is wrong is going to show on ralph angel's character Uh, ralph angel received a letter it upset him he balled it up and it's like, okay, what's going on? <laughs> Something's going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what's going on? And back to, you know, farming. Basically, the Black farmers all received letters stating that government, you know, this is how they do intimate domain. They want to go ahead and snatch their land up and build a highway in the middle of it. 
and their struggle here, you know, with the black farmers in the community of St. Joe, they're fighting the system. And this Mm -hmm. is where Charlie pops in and, you know, she tries her best, in my opinion, to stay as grounded as she can, but she's starting to realize what a politician means and that she will cross these lines and she can't teeter the fence as she used to. Or get things done just because she has good intentions because she is very much, Charlie is the oldest. She very much presents as a type A eldest daughter. You know, um, they allude to her being Ivy League educated. A lot of that, a, a lot of the um, conditioning that we, she is the, 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 the quintessential example of the conditioning we talk about in corporate America of people of color. She, she, uh, she sticks to those tropes. She abides by that even with how she interacts with her son, because that has worked for her. That has worked for her. And so she, I'm saying that to say, because you brought up something interesting that she has to cross those lines as a politician, but I, Charlie has been consistently shown that as much as she tries to say she is not like everyone else, she very much is like everyone else. Yes, absolutely. She will stoop to a certain level. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, she, she that very much prides herself on being just buttoned up. And sometimes she's just too buttoned up person yes she is she could be stiff y'all just a bit stiff so I, I i found that interesting um that particular subject and another thing that also falls in line with you know the farmland and the farmers basically getting pushed out they had to of course charlie had to represent for the county to stop it and <laughs> interesting interesting fact that we don't think about a lot of times um nova actually her sister assisted with this the environmental impact of what major construction does in neighborhoods. I mean, it's, and it's a, it's a huge story actually. Um, and you talk to someone that, you know, unfortunately went through Katrina, went through um, that situation. They realized it was land built over places with toxic waste. So mm-hmm. the history of us being in environmentally dangerous areas, very, very accurate, very true, very Ava DuVernay to actually show that. And I love the fact she mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have towns all across America. I mean, here in North Carolina, a lot of the eastern North Carolina towns has been fight a fight for probably a century about the slot farms, right? In black neighborhoods, and you have these high rates of can- certain kinds of cancer in these black areas because of this environmental racism. So, absolutely, sis. What? Any, what? What else? Um, we got. Let me see. <laughs> I'm thinking about we need to uh, let let people know about uh, Miss Parker, Miss Parker, and her. Oh my girl, I love I love her. I can never think I can't think of her name, her actual name, but that actress I fell in love with her. Y'all, if you watch Underground, this character was the main character, the 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 house slave who was sleeping with the master that was Journey Smollett's mother. That that is who this character is, and she she's amazing. So she is the protagonist in this story, or antagonist. She um, is the daughter, the, I guess, out of wedlock Black daughter of mm-hmm. the who who is the brother of the woman we mentioned that went to jail, whose family ran the town. And so she came in at the end of last season to essentially be Charlie's arch nemesis because they had to fight a Charlie with Charlie with a Charlie. Yeah, And so she's coming in on behalf of the city and 
essentially trying to get the black farmers to uh, let them move it, sell their land so that they can build a highway. And of course they refused. So <laughs> in true Parker fashion, she drops the bomb on them that essentially this is going to be built, what, through the middle of the town? Yeah, in the middle. Basically, of the mm-hmm. through the middle of the town, like slam through the middle of the town because mm-hmm. she tried to negotiate with them. They said no. The city council meeting, and that's what Char- oh, Charlie is a city councilwoman. She's yeah. the first black female city councilwoman. So she, of course, she did her spill. Uh, people, Ralph Angel got the crowd brought up, said we're not giving up. This is about generational wealth. This is about our history, our ties. We have just as my, much as the right to this county yeah. as everyone else. And so she got defeated at all ends. And she even tried to meet with Charlie. That meeting didn't go well. Mm-hmm. And so essentially she showed Charlie, okay, that's fine. And drops this ball. Um, Nova, can we go back to Nova? Because I said, Nova has said she has grown several times. And I put at 19 minutes and 27 seconds into the episode. <laughs> and I said, show us the growth girl. And I literally put that, cause I was just like, okay. Like remember when she was talking to Ralph Angel and she was like, I've grown up. I'm like, okay, girl. Yeah. Wait till you get to your new man's <laughs> party. But that's a whole nother story. Um, What else you got, sis? Anything else for episode one? Yeah, just one more little wrap up. We got to talk about uh, Charlie's son. So <laughs> he's in college now. And um, his his name is slipping my mind right now. I don't know why. Noah. Noah, Micah, Micah, Micah. Look, I'm all here serious. I'm talking about Noah. It's Noah. Yeah, Micah. Micah. I love him. He yeah. reminds me so much of my baby. He does. And yeah. I didn't think about that till you said that. He really I does. Like he does present as a little uh, older Briton. <laughs> I love. I love Micah. Micah is so great. But what I what I love is showing. You know, Micah now is officially in college, and as a you know. TT explained, you know, his mother is very type A. So he didn't go to the school of the choice of the mom and you should have went here, you should have did this. We'll fast forward. So he's local, he's at uh, Xavier and, you know, he's just becoming his own man. You know, mom's calling like, hey, what's going on? She, he's like, I, I gotta go, I gotta go. Right. And you can see that that whole, you know, the relationship of, you know, you're, you're when you're a mom and you can speak to this, your mom for life. It doesn't matter how old your child gets. And her having to kind of look at the phone and kind of look like, okay, I had do I have yeah. to respect this? But you know, yeah, you I do. Thought that was very nice. It was cute. Yeah, was and, and, yeah, and 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 let's also say those of us who have gone away school in particular, we understand freshman year it is the hardest year. And I love that she said that to him. But people think it's because of the work. It's not. It's the adjustment of oh, I am not at home and people are weird. I mean, exactly, you know, because you only know what you know, and then you go away to college and you are, you know, able to interact with people from all walks of life, walks of life, all socioeconomic statuses, and you just, you start to change and grow, and it's a pivotal point in you stretching and becoming who you are, right, yeah. and becoming kind of your own adult, and it's an adjustment for parents to have, like you said, to have to respect it and, and say, well, you know what? I'm no longer in a position where I can demand certain things because you're not, you're not in my face. 
Yeah. Right? You know, I'm not in your space every day. Mm-hmm. I no longer can dictate small things like your schedule and when, how and when we talk to each other, et cetera, et cetera. And I think we covered everything I had for episode one. Oh, that Ralph Angel um proposed. Yes. To Darla. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful, wasn't it? And you it know was- what I love that he said? Will you do me the honor yes. of being my wife? Not will you do me the will will not will I would do no will you do me the honor? That was beautiful. That was beautiful. I was like, oh, I was like, they trying to give me, they trying to let me shed some tears. I'm not going to do these tears, but it was very nice. Please let them make it down the office. That's all I would, please. I mean, you know, it's always something with Ralph Angel. Please let them get down the aisle. Oh yeah, they, they, listening audience, we say that for a reason. So if you have not caught up or you have not binge watched, please start binge watching because you will understand why we want to see how this goes with Ralph Angel and Darla. But we are rooting. But all right, well that wraps up episode one. So on to episode two, sis. Yeah. Episode two, season five yes episode two so off the high of the proposal of course dun, 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 wedding planning so that's kind of how it opens up you know the scene darling ralph angel planning their wedding so you know we're back in that cute floaty moment anything to say about that sis other than <laughs> i put ralph <laughs> i put ralph angel gave the black manis response when he said we can't just group text the guests <laughs> i hollered so because i said if that is something a man would say we can just we can just text everybody when it's gonna be of course that was hilarious to me oh it was hilarious. i thought it was funny and i'm and i'm not I'm from New York, but man, when they talk about honeymoon, he said first thing was like, y'all want to go to New York, kind of see the big lights. I said, I guess maybe because they're trying to say he lived in the South so long. Yes. You see New York. But I said, come on, Ralph, you could have gave that woman more than one option. He just blurred out the first thing out of his head. <laughs> but that was dreaming for him, sis, because you got to think that's not just a Southern thing. That's anyway, there's people everywhere that have never left their block, never left oh, their yeah. city. Like, what yeah. you mean? It's people from Baltimore that never been to Ocean City. What Ocean City? My parents don't have money to take me to the ocean. I never been there. Yeah, no, I get I have never been out of Baltimore. Oh yeah, I know people that never, never been to Manhattan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bit. Like, so I thought that was such again cultural competency. It was so culturally active because in think too, he spent some time in prison as well. That yeah, that's true. He did, and he's. He strikes me as still in his what late twenties, maybe. Yeah, I'm getting that too. That's something that you know would be nice to define. We really don't know how old these characters are, but we just make we just you get so invested in the character you don't even care. But we gonna guesstimate at this point because I'm trying to figure out how tra- how old Charlie would be and Nova, but they seem back to back. <laughs> as far as I feel age. like they had them coming out of high school like '98 and '99, so they trying to say they like forty. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's what I'm. That's what I'm. I'm hoped. I, I would think. Yeah, I would think. All right. What what else you got for see for episode two, sis? Um, I like you know they show a little light and a little glimmer with Hollywood. Um, that is Aunt Vi's husband. Um, Hollywood is. He's just that 
you likable person for the most part. Like you just like Hollywood. He's very nice and he's that guy. Everybody's cool with Hollywood. So they just gave him a little shine, um, showing the space he's building. Um, he has mm-hmm. talked about building this space and this space, you know, for men to come together, um, just to promote community. And now we see it actually happening. So it came from last season. Now it's transitioning into this season. So that was kind of cool to see kind of where that, that dream actually became something for him. So are we gonna are we gonna jump to the the main event? <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, I think we can. I said Charlie and her walk offs. Okay, but she found <laughs> out that appointment was canceled. She when she said a phone call informing the guests of a cancellation is standard. This is substandard. Yes. I said, well, okay, her and his walk off. Um. They, they got to chill with these fake probates on TV. I need, I don't know the rules or nothing, but I need y'all to find out from somebody real or put real black Greeks in, you know, that I know you can't have somebody pretend to be one that isn't, you know, a member, but like y'all can at least for the stepping parts, get like some real people like they did in school days in 1985. Okay. Because these fake like drumline and all that, these fake organizations y'all be making up. <laughs> That was so basically we found out y'all that Noah, I keep calling the child Noah, Micah was ducking his mother because he was pledging. So um so that you know he had his probate and Char and his mother and that, and Charlie, so they make it seem like that his father is a member of another fraternity, but she made a comment to him that I don't understand why you didn't choose your father's fraternity because you know the fraternity he joined has a reputation. And I, I think they were alluding to a certain black frat, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm gonna leave them alone because they didn't say the name. So I'm like, it's not, it's irrelevant. But I kind of thought that was interesting how, again, showing the nuances even of, um, of educated black people and how, you know, we can say and do certain, again, I said, Charlie goes by tropes, right? So she was true to her playbook and Michael, why weren't you, I mean, I don't know, but that's just for kicks and giggles. Why didn't you become an alpha? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Essentially, that's basically what she was saying. And he was saying, again, as he's maturing and growing, he said, well, I didn't want to call dad. I want to do so on my own. And they didn't want me, actually. Mm. You know, so this is where I belong, essentially. So I thought that was very interesting. And when he told her, what did he say to her? What did he say to her? Like, you you don't, you, you can't... Um, tell me something oh yeah and she had to just eat it yeah Yeah. yeah. oh he said i'm not a little kid you don't just get to swoop in that's what he said i'm not a little kid you don't just get to swoop in and make decisions for me and i mean she did have to eat it she sat back in that nice chair and was like "Mm, mm." oh another thought was very nice um was charlie and darla had their moment where she was giving her career advice yeah like you know that type of advice um as far as like she's going over you know going competing for that new job you know getting ready for it and Darla's story backstory is very interesting just to see her growth too because she comes from a place of low self-esteem you can tell just a lot of abuse in her life and she's just growing and becoming the woman she needs to become too so that was a a powerful scene as well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. so just a backstory y'all we're going to get into, because this is going to focus probably the rest of this on the main event, as Keita alluded to, is the surrounding Nova. Now, Nova is, again, the complexity of the characters. Ava DuVernay, you're so brilliant. Nova is a community, she's a journalist mm-hmm. by profession. 
She's a community, a social activist as well. Yeah. Um, she actually launched a website called True Papers. She ended up quitting her job. She was with the, um, let's say like the New Orleans version of New York, New York Times yeah. for a lot of years, many years. And she decided to go out on her own. Um, she wrote a book and since she's written this book, she's now an established author and et cetera, et cetera. She, was, she established this website kind of as an independent journalism or media outlet. And so we, we saw her launch party of that. But the interesting piece of this is she has she was involved for a very long time with a married, a white married police officer. Mm, yeah. And at the end of the last season, that man left his wife and decided to be with Nova. Now, Nova also was a journalist, but by trade, you know, she, she's the ganja lady. Mm. So, you know, she cultivates marijuana. She's, of course, very connected. She's very connected to the earth in a lot of ways. And so, of course, that nuance is very interesting. So in episode two, she goes, this is the first time she's meeting, his name is Calvin, the, her partner. Yet. she's meeting calvin's family for the first time for the first take time. it away keita because i've so, got things but you go ahead okay yes um my first my first look was she has walked into a plantation that's my honest mm-hmm. honest mm-hmm. opinion i said this don't look good i already knew from the the moment she walked in the home so this um party is actually for calvin's grandfather who basically turned up I think about 85 if I'm not mistaken so you know of course you know got to show up for the grandfather <laughs> so you know the mother comes and greets Nova and I didn't personally like the oh she's beautiful um okay it, I don't know if it sounds genuine or not I don't know if right it's like oh you're and just to give some uh, more hindsight if you haven't watched the show nova is beautiful she is mm-hmm. beautiful mm-hmm. brown woman rich brown mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the fact her mom was like oh you're just more beautiful you know in person mm, okay mom right so i felt the extra there but she let's just say she's floating along the house she's she's doing she's being nova nova can be very charming and you know very welcoming hey how are you how are you um you see the grandfather it don't look like he communicating too well these days, but he kind of looked taken back. <laughs> like, how dare you actually bring her out in the daytime? Yes, yes. That that look. we keep them hidden. We keep them hidden. Did you not learn anything from me? Uh, that one. Um, but uh grandfather was all well when that uh liquor came because they, they gave him a nice mm-hmm. bottle of scotch <laughs> for the birthday. He said, this is the good stuff. This is the good stuff here. So that that was interesting. You know, Nova still, I give her, I give all the props for keeping her composure because she felt it because the audience felt it. Here comes the daughter. She's young. I'll give her like seven, eight, something to that degree. Her father, oh, hey, you know, kisses all the daddy daughter stuff. He says, hey, I have this necklace for you. It's pink. It's beautiful. It looks like a crystal. Don't know what type of crystal it is. So Calvin made sure he said, you know, Miss Nova gave that to you, you know, and so oh, it's pretty and I'll put it on you and all the cutesy woodsy stuff, you know, so this is this is the beginning scene, but you can tell it's building, it's building. So it's, it's time to eat, you know, we, we looking for the food at this point. Mm. Yeah, and here comes the Stetford wife. 
And when I say you she, Jesus Lord, um, you have to say about this. What do I have to say? You know what? I'm not. Go ahead, because like the way she, I mean, go ahead, sis. No, yeah, I, I, no. I go just ahead. Don't. Tell them what happened, and then we can we can tell them what happened, and we can discuss. Oh, oh, go yeah. ahead, because I can't even. Oh, I get Ooh, it. Because I'm reliving the scene in my mind. Okay. Um. So you know, as as I stated, here comes the Stafford wife for all attentive purposes she looked like one she's very put together very blonde very i'm here um i have arrived so she comes strolling over basically calvin and nova are actually having their own discussion at this point she comes strolling but basically had to get ready she's like i already know what this is going to be but i'm still going to be polite it was no polite coming from the ex-wife which i get it but she definitely was rude she made it very clear that i am here and you are not welcome very clearly and his as as they try to get away from it you know because they want to diffuse the situation <laughs> Woo, what i found very interesting which was kind of like the bombs definitely dropped oh you think you the only one like that that he likes and to backtrack mind you uh she was a mistress she was um, so you have the wife already fuming over that, which and I don't know why she thought she was going to come in this house yeah. and be welcome to begin with. Like Nova be playing yeah. with herself. She really plays with herself first, though. Oh yeah, before was... anybody else plays. Because see, she played with herself long before anybody else played with her. But continue, sis. Oh yeah, absolutely delusional. That's where she gets delusional. Why you thought that was a good idea? But <laughs> she realized how much she was on the plantation when. That woman, that ex-wife said, uh, oh yeah, you're not the only one. He has a, a a type like you. And actually, you're more, you're smaller than what I thought because he likes some smaller, thick. Smaller, yep. But he likes some thick with the with the big butts. I that mean stick out. That stick out. She berated her in a way that even as delusional Nova is. I wanted Nova to haul off and jump on her because <laughs> Jesus. She really should have clotheslined. I was like, and oh. even when she responded, because I'm gonna keep it real with you. She knew she got her. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because she knew she that's what it was. It was like, okay, she's really out of order, looking stupid. But that was the vibe to begin with. Like, girl, and this isn't the first. See, she you were warned, but we'll get to that in a second. But furthermore, you should have known that somebody, whether it was her, his sister, the mother, because, okay, good for that. Oh, it's a grin in your face and then coming out the bathroom. Let me tell you something. Yeah, I'm not going to get you in front of everybody because I care about appearances, but you don't belong here, right? I knew she was going to get a you don't belong. And, and not just even that you're black, but when you add the fact that you were the mistress, come on now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. No, no. Continue. So continue. So finish. Go ahead. Finish the story. So so she did all that. And then yeah. Nova, what? Yeah. Nova let her know. Uh, You're going to stop right now. In so many words. Like, she got real stern with her. She's like, that's basically enough. And we getting up out of here. So we match Petty with Petty. Here comes Kelvin. Because he went to the Petty match move. He just nicely told her... I ain't never been in love with nobody, basically including you. 
Um, and that's kind of what you're really mad at. And but you basically, mm. you know, I was cheating and hoeing when you married me, and I never was gonna be faithful because I never really loved you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you're mad about. So he kind of slammed her down like that. Um, and she had to pick up her face because she wasn't ready for she that. She did. And then they walked out together. Yes. Walked out together. Together. Mm-hmm. However, the aftermath of that is Nova, which for me. I'm trying to figure out how you didn't, but let me just say this speaks to all our sister and brethren that like to get out here and interracial date. Again, this goes back to having real conversations. You should not be in a, I'm going to say this, a relationship. Do what you want, do what you want. I shouldn't say you should, but I, you need to have certain conversations because why didn't you know you weren't the only black woman? You clearly, the way they make a scene, y'all been messing around for years. Mm-hmm. So you never thought to ask again, when we think for special, don't let thinking you special blind you from having certain conversations with a person. <laughs> then she wants to come out with the, not after they leave the party the next day when he says, oh, you've been really quiet. Am I the only one? And he hit her with that. I've been with other women, but you've been with other men. Okay. Okay. But see, this was foreshadowed, right? Because y'all, when she was, when they finally decided, he said, okay, I'm going to take you out the dark now. <laughs> they went out dancing and remember that? That dude yes. spit in her face? Yes. And keep in mind, she's a social, a very well-known journalist and social activist, yeah. right? In that county. So people felt away when they saw her not just with a white man but a cop okay right okay so when she was out with him some people were being obnoxious somebody said something to her she said something back he spits in her face i remember that okay like what they have not asked the right questions to actually maneuver and navigate in this relationship Mm -mm. piggyback off what you say though you should have already had a discussion of do who he likes and what type of women you you is the interracial thing you need to know if you're being fetishized or not are you a fetish to him or not because you better know it before you get listen because then you can't and then you mad when you end up marrying somebody who don't see you as a human being and then when they get to making all these wild black lives matter comments you shot after you done laid down and had children and everything else these are questions people like, like that was killing me when i was saying online people are married Interracial couples, oh, we for having some fire conversations. Just brought out some hard conversations. What? Y'all never oh, y'all never had to get around, got around to that. So oh, we just don't discuss it. Okay. Yeah, basically. Well, society gonna discuss it for you. Right. And that's fine. You gotta be a team. That's why you gotta have certain conversations, like you said, Keita. But I just thought that was wild. And so I think this is just very telling of how the rest of the season is going to go with them navigating. And this also speaks to when okay, we just had this conversation, people like to do things no regard to the consequences yeah. of said actions. Y'all decided y'all wanted to jump up and be together. You wanted to, whether you was cheating and she knew or not, divorce your whole wife. Before you and remember his oldest child, his son, he spoke to him and he just looked at Nova and walked off. Yeah, that's so right. So it's affecting your relationships with your children. Mm-hmm. But see, people not thinking about that and y'all make some shady moves and then try to figure out why you can't be happy. You didn't move in peace. You got that thing in chaos. But you want to live in peace with it? 
-hmm. what's going to be interesting is when she starts really bringing him around her family and i wonder if they they explore that in episode three i wonder yeah i wonder and have they shown him any scenes well when she was when she introduced the paper you know that she's a part of you know she he's met the friend group most definitely he has met the family but you know at that point i don't think the you know they were receiving him well he had went to aunt Vi's restaurant i forget maybe i think it was last season that he kind of popped up again just to reintroduce himself but uh yeah we'll see because he hasn't really been around he hasn't had the talks and no he hasn't interacted with Ralph Angel like that. I'm I'm interested and curious to see how that interaction will be when he start asking those brother questions and getting real with it. It's only mm-hmm. what a brother can say and do in the situation. So, but yes, they definitely their relationship has been rushed. Clearly, they just jumping into it, and then you know you also introducing the scene like real life events. You you you're starting to see. St. Joe, the parish, starts shutting down slowly because Ava did want to speak, you know, to what's currently our situation. And the dynamic of being very close with somebody and the relationship ain't all, ain't right anyway. Mm, that's mm-hmm. another twist. And uh, I'm going to just go ahead and round it out with Kiki and Noah will be done by the end of the fall semester because you see their relationship having the test of trying to make a hot lord. Y'all, please do not tell your daughters don't try to take that little high school boyfriend with them to college it never works out take it from me lord take it from me lord too (laughs) it ain't gonna survive okay just let it go it's too much growing and changing and exploring you're doing when you first go away to school just just please dead it I, and I know my parents wanted to tell me to break up with my little boyfriend so bad, but I was in love. <laughs> but I'm telling you what I know. That shit ain't going to make it past. By Thanksgiving, y'all going to be on the out. Somebody going to be done hooked up with somebody. Okay? <laughs> As, something going to happen, man. Like, it's just go ahead on and let it be what it was. A nice high school relationship. That's all. Um, Keep in touch on Instagram. Um. Yeah. And Ralph Angel saying COVID was just not a big deal. And I love the accurate, the differing, um, you know, opinion surrounding COVID. I like how Ava made sure she put that in there. Well, Miss Duvernay, you are amazing. So that's, is that it? Sis, you got anything else? That's, that's, I think that's the highlights. I think we touched it all, really. Okay. So going to say that's that well i guess we gonna say that's that and that's that down over to the quarter corner so this week y'all it's gonna kind of be a very relaxed episode and we're just gonna have a nice little discussion about friendship this is important to us because we are approaching 40 and you know Keith and i both in the next couple of birthdays and we felt it was interesting to discuss because the nature of our partnership stems from a sister friendship that we talk about what friendship means um and we just have a few quick questions and things we want to consider when we talk about friendship friendship is so important and the older we get especially as we move into 
the space of our parents aging and you know some of us have lost you know parents other loved ones you know the roles that we play in our parents lives kind of shifting to them really in a way a lot of ways not not even financially but just emotionally depending you know on you you know mm -hmm. um, they're slowing down you know maybe not a lot but you know they're not our age right but we remember when they were our age so mm -hmm. we just think about with all of the life events that happen, how friendship, you know, fits into it. And so the first question we want to, we want to ask about is, are you a good friend? Right. And you must be a friend to have a friend. And it's so simple, but you know, yeah, you got to be a friend to have a friend. So what you think? Yes, you do have to be a friend to you know, have a friend. And we all have to ask ourselves that, like, how do you, you know, we talk, speak to the, how you present in the world, right? Are you your authentic self? Um, are you there to listen to someone? Like when they need, do, are you there for that support that is needed in friendship, right? Through, through those trying times. So that's important. Um, if someone, you know, if you receive something, is it, reciprocity there like you know I give to you willingly and freely because I care about you not oh I feel obligated to show up to your birthday party and buy you this and oh mm -hmm. I gotta pay for this brunch because I mess with you tough but I really don't want to be here like you know that real pure right energy, that real pure energy of I'm doing this because I want to because I care about you I thought about you this you know that's yeah. important yeah 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 I gotta come to your birthday or you're gonna be pissing me yeah. when you don't ever really show, show up to my thing. And I think that's a big piece of friendship. And I think sometimes we simplify it in a lot of ways, but it just boils down to reciprocity. And like, it's important to show up for the people who show up for you. And I think sometimes we can get in a habit where we kind of, we have those staple friends and those staple relationships when we depend on it. And then we don't feel like we have to nurture it or feed it. And that person's always there. And you don't want to take that for granted because while that might not be your feelings, again, everything is love is an action, right? Love is action. So um, I just, you know, I just thought about that, you know. Now, that's a great point. And I'm, that's pretty much, you know, what I said is kind of how I feel about a good friend. Like you, you support me you know do I feel like you're there for me genuinely it's it's not because hey I scratch your back you scratch mine it's not a business arrangement in exchange anything you want to add sis no I I I think we've I think we've covered that so let's move on to the next one you want to take this one sure do you practice confidentiality when a friend shares something with you that is whoo we got to talk about the well, I heard, and mm -hmm. you know, so and so told me mm -hmm. this because we all know someone in the crew that has spread everybody's business. <laughs> and and how do you practice that? Like, what you know, what do you deem as confidential information or chit chat? Because it is a difference. Like among girlfriends, if it's a crew of y'all. You know, it could be that one person that you go on a trip with every time. You'd be like, you know, Rebecca always be late with her money, but she good fine. But that's something everybody know because you tell Rebecca her face, girl, you got your money yet? So it ain't like, mm -hmm. oh, you trying to talk about her business. But yeah, then you have situations where someone has told you something dearly personal 
um, about something going on in their life. Let's say they're having a mental health crisis and they just told you in particular, that is definitely something you keep in confidence. And only thing you need, only person you need to share that with if it gets to a certain point is someone, a medical healthcare professional that might have to assist. But that's something you won't be like, guess who said they going to do this to them? And, and can we also extend confidentiality too? Because I think a lot of friend groups do this where they don't, they don't, um, they feel like I can tell other mutual friends because they're your friend too. You don't get to yeah. do that either. Because yeah. if they want them to know what they, whatever the inf- this information is, they will tell them themselves. Some things are not your story to tell. And I think we get conflated that, oh, and see, here's the thing. You may have that relationship with them, but I may not. May not, exactly. And everyone that's your friend may not be my friend, right? And even if we are friends, I just may not share those particular things with them, right? And that's not an indictment on the friendship. It's just maybe something that they're just more comfortable maybe talking to you about, right? So you have to be mindful of that too. Know what is your story to tell. And, And some stuff is just nothing to be talked to to be discussed some stuff just leave stop. it alone. you just know it and you know it yeah pretty much i look that's pretty much how that goes like stop talking about people's business if they wanted that person to know they would tell that person and that's just follow that rule in life it's simple you will be fine village you hear that they tell you something uh-huh. it's for you to know not the next person yes um next is discernment between colleagues friends the different areas in your life because I think sometimes the disappointment we have in others comes from having a certain level not even of expectation but misunderstanding the nature mm-hmm. of the relationship because everybody who left I say everybody left with you <laughs> and which right and it's so simple you know and, you know, you can have colleagues that turn into friends that turn into family, but those things develop naturally. You cannot call everybody your friend. And I'm going to be honest, as adults, you have different friends for different things. You, you, you just move differently, right? When you're younger or you're in college, everything is your friend circle school. It all intertwines. But when you become an adult, everything doesn't necessarily intertwine. And people say it can be difficult to make friends in adulthood. So you, you kind of tend to latch on to maybe the, the people you're around the most, so maybe the colleagues or, you know, yeah. a certain core group of friends, which is fine. But that's something that really, you know, has to be considered is, is, is placing people in the proper area of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I totally agree. Because, you know, we spend most of our time, unfortunately, outside of our home, right? We're at work. And then, yes, you get this false sense of community at work because this is your buddy and you have the same gripe with the same manager about the same project you've been talking about. And then you say something and then you're like, oh, okay, they did this. And that then you realize, oh, that's actually the colleague or that's actually associate. Like, So we do have to get out of that, that mindset. Everyone you meet, automatically you're going to, a friendship will evolve but a friendship mm-hmm. can evolve it can just be in a different area like this is my go-to person she knows how to write grants you know we do have a yeah. friend who have a rapport but we typically talk about grant writing yeah just as an example yeah and it's yeah. still a friendship it still can be a genuine interaction yeah 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 i mean that those those things look good so 
<laughs> do your friendships change based on your friend's agreement with your actions, particularly wrong or bad behavior? Because here's a mantra that I don't, if you wrong, you wrong, but I'm still got your back. I tell you wrong in private. It's a no. It's a no. Sisters, if you go out here and swing on this man, <laughs> right? If you go out here and do something stupid, yeah. Am I gonna let anything crazy happen? No, but check this out. We're gonna have a conversation about how sometimes y'all put the people in your lives in positions to have to back up your bad behavior just because they are your friend, and that's not cool. And we tend to ostracize people in our lives who we know won't follow up our BS. I know these things. Like, like <laughs> I, I, I'm certain of it, right? It's certain junk you don't go to certain friends with because you know they're not, they're going to they remind you of who you are. And a lot of times, if we're not willing to face who we are. We don't want to be around anyone who reminds us of who we are. Yeah. The person that knows you to that core. And they're going to tell you when you're pulling that move, like, mm, seen it before, you done that before, you got to change that behavior. You're yeah. wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. You're wrong in this instance, sis. sis you're wrong. I love you, you my girl, but you're wrong. Period. And, and a lot of people push those people out of their lives until it's too late. And then they're like, dang, I had a good friend. Yeah. But because she didn't always agree with my nonsense. Yeah. We not cool no more. After yeah. I been through that. I had someone tell me I was a bad friend because I told them they needed to go to therapy because I saw them falling apart. Okay, girl. I've been there too because we're going to be honest over here. I was like, really? Okay. Cool. You, I'm a bad friend because I want you to I want you to 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 yeah. be well. I care yeah. about your mental health. Yeah. Crazy. And it's like we had a discussion later on, and she was just like, Yeah, you was right. I was coming across, you know, blah blah blah. And I was like, Yeah, it is what it is. But no, absolutely. Like this we have to look at, we can't look at disagreement just to sum it up and from my perspective mm -hmm. disagreement is not negative we got to stop that guys oh it's negative because someone doesn't agree with your point of view that's life really and we have to embrace that right we want to say we embrace different people from different cultures and we have to embrace embrace different opinions and be okay with that amen and be okay with it um and that's just the and please you gotta have at least one person in your life not your mother you need to have at least one friend, not just your mother, that in your life, really at this point in life, you, you, everybody should be operating in truth with you. But you need to have somebody that'll be like, hey, that's not good. This is not cool. Because yeah. sometimes we don't recognize certain things. Yeah. And we need good people around us to, to help us kind of see certain things. How do you feel about your friends developing friendships with each other that are independent of you because some of y'all get real possessive over these friends and it's weird <laughs> it is it is it's like weird like first of all you don't have any control over who people you you love interact with Right, but even deeper than that, if you have two friends who become mutual friends who become good friends, that's a good thing, right? Yeah. 
I think it's a good, I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I'm just not, I don't, I'm not built like that. I don't, when I introduce my friends to each other, I, I don't care one way or the other if they develop. I mean, I've introduced you to, you know, my friends and you have your own relationship with them. You know, it, now it's like, okay, I don't own you. <laughs> I don't own you people, but you know, absolutely. I think I would in a perfect world in my world that's perfect in my head yes I want everyone to get along to some degree yeah that's not, I mean you got to be besties but I would like to have the dinner party that doesn't go crazy and I can't sit mm. you next to her because you got an attitude for no reason I'm not doing that yeah we're not, I'm not doing that we're not doing that so yeah forming a relationship independent of because you you will hope that your your circle that you guys are so in line with your goals and your aspirations that yes, your friend can be friends with the other friend. Cause Hey, they, they got some things they can do together. Things they can link up and do. Yeah. And we can all do queen things. Like, come on. I just, I don't, I've, I've never been, you know, that way. And I think if you are a person who's prone to feel jealous when your mutual friends develop a relationship, that's indie because a lot of people are cool with y'all being cool, but they don't want you to have a friendship with their friend outside of them because they're afraid that you'll get, you will develop your own relationship with that person. That's, that's what that is. When you're friends with people, you have your own unique relationship with that individual. But what, what you have to get to the root of what bothers you about that? Because if you feel a way about your mutual friends becoming friends, and as long as their friendship isn't based off of hating on you, you got every right to have a problem with it if they get together and they hate on you consistently, right? Yeah. But that's how to get to the root of why you feel like that. Because that's not your friend stuff. That's your stuff. That is your stuff. Oh, yeah. That, let them know. That is your stuff. You know, why, yeah. do you, why do you feel like that? Like I said, because if it's not, the friendship's not rooted in anything against you. And they have a genuine friendship. I mean. What's the problem? It should be nothing. What's the problem? Yeah, no, absolutely. No problem. Figure it on out. Yeah. I mean, in, in this, it, and what you don't want to do is sacrifice relationships based on tr- these trivial things, right? Because some of these things that we get bent out of shape, well, some people never grow out of it. We get bent out of shape about in the grand scheme of things do not matter. Do not. Right? You got to cherish friends. So if this is what you're doing, you know, we got to be mature about it. And again, figure out why am I feeling jealous? Or why am I feeling, what is my issue with my friends? Do I think they are going to betray me? Yeah. Do I think they're talking behind my back? Like, what, what is it? Because if it's something that's based on your, maybe your relationship with one or both of them, then you need to address that and have those conversations. But you can't put it on just their friendship if their friendship is affecting or harming you. Yeah. doesn't harm you, then there's no harm. I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get over mm-hmm. it. And here's our last one. Friendship is community and friendships must be nurtured to maintain them. And some are roots, but roots need water. And this kind of goes back to what I said earlier. Again, some are roots, but even roots need water. Yeah. Sometimes we, we end up, you know, when we as we age and we grow in life responsibilities, et cetera, et cetera, happen. We don't always have the same amount of, let's say, disposable time or free time to really spend with our friends. And so that's why birthday, like you mentioned, brunches are so important, especially to us as Black women, 
because that's one of the few spaces we get to really convene with our sister. Don't have as much time, you know, as we used to have, even more so maybe in our 20s, you know, in our 30s, you know, and so 40s. And so we cherish that time together. But what else are you doing to maintain the relationship? Because I don't think it's so much, it's always the, the issue of not seeing each other often. Like you said, it's the intentionality of saying, you know what, if this person runs across your mind, reach out to them. Yes. I believe God puts people in your heart for a reason. Um, you know, if, because sometimes we're not hearing from people because they're going through things. But again, as we grow and we mature, we have to learn how to communicate because a lot of us, you know, and I keep seeing this trend, this, this uh, tweet trend about, oh, when I am going through, I go through, I turn in, but, and a lot of people do, but we have to have space for the people in our lives. And even when you're going through and you need to communicate that because sometimes we cut ourselves off, like we mentioned in a couple episodes ago, yeah. um, cutting yourself off because you got a man and the only time you got time for your girlfriends is when you don't have a steady man, you miss out on their lives. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people who move like that often expect for things to remain the same and their relationships with people to remain the same. And they feel like people should always just understand, oh, girl, you know, that's just how I am, right? Or they only pop up when they want to be celebrated that they miss your event because they're always, they just always going through something when it's time to come support you. They always going through something, oh, right? Yeah. But you're never going through anything when you show. Sometimes you are going through things even when you show up for them. Right. That's right on target. And that's what, like, to speak to that, you do have to carve out this space, right? You do have to use this water to to soil the land because it's going to grow. Like, that's just what it is. It's going to grow. When you water something, it grows. So you just can't, oh, fair weather. And yes, you can't be fair weather just showing up to the party, like, I don't care you go to Christmas party every year. Do you even talk to them before Christmas? Do you even know anything why they celebrate this particular holiday and why they love it so much? Like you need to know someone on that level and stop thinking because you participate in all of their events. You are not there. That's not necessarily cultivating a real friendship because you don't even know anything about this person. You don't know if if this triggers something in them because you can say, okay, I know in particular this would trigger you know, her or this person that I'm cool with and I can't do this or say this around you. But a lot of y'all be saying foul stuff, not really knowing your friends because you don't water them. You don't talk to them enough to know I shouldn't say that to them. So, mm-hmm. that too. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's real. That's real. Or you, because you miss out, then you come around and you feel left out. Mm. You wouldn't feel left out if you would remain consistent in your and maintain your friendships because a lot of times we don't do that and then you look up and so much time has passed then you want to get upset at the person people don't stay the same and you have to remain in their lives to know the changes they've made and you also have to be willing and under to understand yes you can pick up what you left off with a lot of your friends right with some friends that's those are beautiful relationships where you cannot see somebody for years and you see them and it's like you were in the room with them last week but guess what there's still learning that has to come in that interaction because you don't been through a lot think about when you were grown you don't realize how much happens in a year or two years you don't you know and so it's important to just you know keep those lines of communication open to some degree be willing to hear and be heard, you know, and just really think about 
again, being a friend to have a friend. How am I showing up and watering my the friend, the friend, your friendships, your sister friendships mm-hmm. in particular that are really near and dear to you? You gotta show it. You do. You have to. You have to show up. That's why some of y'all be having different starting lines every few years because <laughs> different different Instagram posts. My squad. That's not your squad from six months ago. Who are they? Who are they? With the fashion Nova on. Okay, I'm gonna stop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's good to have a lot of, you know, people that you, you know, girlfriends and stuff like that. The sisterhood is so important. But what we're saying is like, y'all falling out and really no it's it's you don't keep the communication open you're not being a friend you're not you know practicing some confidentiality and let's add you got to assess whether your friendships are based on anything real or they just based on gossip because some of because see some of y'all hooked up with some of these women that were never or people that were never your friends y'all just had a common enemy well i mean can i say it any better i can't because that's another piece to it you just like to talk shit together. That's what that mm-hmm. was. I mean, that's what it was. That's what it was. So <laughs> that is our quarter corner and our take on friendship. <sighs> so we just wanted to kind of bring that to y'all. Um, we do not have, or we're not showing an off the field this week or a retired code switching because we just feel like we wanted to really introduce the Queen Sugar recap the way we did and give a thorough um, account of the first two episodes. So we sacrificed those two segments for this show. So we are rounding a corner to Emancipation. Emancipation. Yes, we are here. We are at the end of the show. We hope you guys enjoy. We're going to get a few things off our chest. Not too much. It's a, it's a little something. <sighs> so I guess I'll free myself first <laughs> today. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Um, well, sum this up as much as I can. So for anyone out here, you know, you're dealing, you're dealing with what we deal with at this point. And then for people that have pre-existing conditions like myself so I speak to it I'm a type 1 diabetic um so I manage um diabetes on a daily basis so you know I need my stuff my my supplies and all those things you know keep me moving I healthcare is something else in America and I would say this I would sum this up uh as as smoothly as possible you pay a lot when you're managing a disease you know, autoimmune disease in particular to stay healthy. And I mm-hmm. kindly received a astronomical bill over a thousand dollars for a device that basically keeps me alive. They're telling me, oh, you owe this amount of money. And th-. I'm like, what? And I just had to reflect, like, I'm so blessed and fortunate. Yes, I'm able to maintain my household. I have, you know, a job, you know, at this moment in time, but I'm just thinking about all my other type one diabetics in particular that are going through this fighting with healthcare companies all the time. Like it's such a fight, but what I will say, and I'm gonna end it like this, I'm freeing myself cause I'm gonna continue to fight <laughs> anybody out here who is managing right. 
anything chronic. And I want to encourage anyone out here listening, if you are managing something chronic or you are taking care of someone who has a chronic illness, you fight for them, you advocate for yourself and you find the best healthcare in this crooked healthcare system. And you fight and you advocate and you do that because that's what I'm going to continue to do. And I ain't paying that bill. Okay, I'm done. I ain't paying you nothing. Hey, I'm with you and, and you are right. This healthcare system is horrible. We need change and managing any chronic illness is enough without having to fight with the American healthcare system. And, and mm-mm. I, I feel you, sis. And I'm just sorry you have to go through that. I truly am. I, again, this week will be brief. <laughs> uh, I just want to shout out all organizations, stores, whatever that think that Black people should not expect great customer service when we actually see you give other people excellent customer service and when we dare to speak up about said customer service. We treat us like we should not expect to be treated as human beings. Um, it is not, I just want to say that if you are in management, customer service, all the above, when there is an internal mistake made, that is not the customer's problem. It is your problem. You need to do what you need to do to remedy it with the same care and concern. You get them people that come in there hollering about them coupons that y'all take your time and go through and mm-hmm. wait when they come in there with them coupon books and don't say, give the same level of respect for that person waiting for their penny back. Okay? But you assume they don't want their change. Hmm. Stop expecting Black people to accept subpar customer service. That is it. Well, I mean, I'm done because you you definitely told us about customer service. I don't know. I, I mean, and that's all. And I told you the story earlier in the week, and I'm too traumatized to even <laughs> rehash it. We will not rehash that. That's to a later date. But this is the end, y'all. We are at the end. Thank you to our listening audience. I hope you guys like, you know, a bit in a in a piece of this recap with Queen Sugar. Definitely more to come. Yeah, it's the end, y'all. Anything else, sis? No, I mean, thank you for tuning in. We are almost through season one. Thank you all for the love, the support, the reviews. Please continue to like, share, subscribe, and review Black in the Field podcast. And we will see you in two weeks. Yeah. Bye.